You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome into the Celtics postgame show. I am Joseph Pavone. Aisha Blakely is here. We got Bobby Manning in the locker room. He'll check in in a little bit. And we got a heck of a performance by the Boston Celtics, man. 131 to 112 is your final. The Celtics showing why they have the number one offense in the NBA. So much was talked about going into this game, including head coach Michael Malone of the Denver Nuggets. And, man, they showed them out. I mean, look, he talked about how they have to be on point defensively. Yeah. You know, controlling as much as they can control from the Celtics office. And the Celtics went out and just, man, as long as if they just, they didn't care about the assignments, right? They were just going out there and just dominating. The Denver Nuggets had a one-point lead in the first quarter. The Celtics snatched it and never gave it back. I mean, the Denver Nuggets did pull three in the third quarter. But, man, what a show by the Celtics, man. Sherrod, what do you got for me? Well, that's how you have to be. I mean, if, if you if you want to talk about being one of the top teams in the NBA, you need to put the smackdown on other top teams in the NBA. Denver came into yes, the state eight and two, playing good good basketball. They've got two time league MVP and, and Jokic doing what he does best, which is a little bit of everything. And it didn't matter uh, when you had Jalen Brown come out make his first, I think six, seven, eight shots. Tatum finished with thirty plus points again, and. To me, the X factor in this game was the bench. Uh, you got to give absolutely Kate Pritchard credit for staying ready when his opportunity came to play. You got to give Luke Cornett credit, reminding us all that DeAndre Jordan is not quite the DeAndre Jordan that we remember back in the day. Uh, <laughs> it sure is. So this was, this was a good game for the Celtics. I mean, they, they had a lot of guys that stepped up, contributed, and, and handled their business, did a lot of the, the little things you got to do to win. And that, at the end of the day, you get a victory like this, a, a nice, comfortable victory over a very good Denver Nuggets team. Absolutely. Uh, 34 points for Jason Tatum. You had 25 for Brown. You had Al Horford tying a, a career high in three-pointers dur- during the regular season. Man, he was he was, he was was feeling it. Six of eight from three. He finished with 21 points. I mean, just how much of a statement win is this for the Celtics team? Oh, it's, it's a big win because, it, first and foremost, you're playing a good team. Second, you were able to win going away without one of your key players available with, in Malcolm Brogdon. You know, I wasn't really sure how that second unit would perform without one of its, its steadying forces available. Uh, but give again, give those guys a lot of credit. Go down the line, Derek White, Pritchard, Luke Cornett, pretty much Sam Hauser. Again, Sam Hauser doing Sam Hauser thing. All those guys uh, were able to step in and make some big plays and help this team get a much needed win. Did you sense some frustration from the Nuggets? Like, 
all those flagrant fouls and all those like is that what that was or is that just the Celtics just putting together their best win of the season man because I I give them credit for coming up with the stops for, for not allowing the the Denver Nuggets to, to get into the defense whenever there was a missed shot it seemed like they were they were just attacking throughout the entire especially in the second half when they built that lead up again uh, what, how do you call? Is this a statement? When, like, do you do you give it more credit to the Celtics, or do you think the Denver Nuggets just just didn't show up in that second half? I, I think it's a little bit of both, but I I think the Celtics are are starting to figure out the way they have to play night in night out to be an elite team. They have to have a certain level of aggression to just frankly be their optimal and give themselves the best chance of winning. And we're starting to see, I think, a little bit more and more of that as the season progresses. Um, so, again, this was a good win. I mean, it's a, it's a very good win for the Celtics team that's starting to look uh, very much like the team we thought they would this this year based on what we saw last season and some of the pieces they added in the offseason. Malcolm Brogdon, he sat out of this one. His first, his first uh, missed game of the season for the, as a member of the Celtics. And uh, Payne Pritchard, Pick things up, right? He he certainly uh, made the most of his of his playing time. Talk about him. What did you think about what you've seen from uh, PP tonight? Well, I mean, PDP is like Mr. Offensive <laughs> Rebounder for the Celtics. I mean, yes, I, it's, he was. It's, it's incredible how this guy gets five rebounds, four of which are on the offensive glass. You know, and let's not forget that great steal he had in the second quarter, where I think they missed like four or five shots. And DeAndre Jordan uh, does to me the cardinal sin of big men, which is to leave the ball at your waist. Rasheed Wallace made that point yeah. to me a long time ago that even I could out-rebound him if the ball is at his waist. That's why big men are supposed to keep the ball high. DeAndre Jordan didn't do that. Peyton Pritchard made him play with his steal and then the layup. And it was that kind of night for him, uh, just being in the right place at the right time, making the right basketball decision. And they're going to need guys to be ready when their moment and their opportunity to play is there. Uh, because there's no way he could have known for absolute certainty that Malcolm Brogdon was not going to be able to play. But give Peyton Pritchard credit. He kept himself ready. And, you know, we, you know, I, I wanted to save the Luke Cornette talk when Bobby's on because, listen, uh, we need to just start calling Luke Cornette. Just call him Big Daddy Luke Cornette because ever since he became a daddy, he's been a different kind of ball. Oh, uh, that's probably what it is, right? This was a great game. I just remember when, when you know, when, when, uh, when Derek White, uh, his first child was born, Hendricks. And those first few games, he was cooking like, yo, daddy's home. Daddy's making plays. See that? See that? <laughs> you got to give right. Luke his props, man. Luke played, Luke played a really good game. I, I love the fact that he actually looked engaged. Uh, he was assertive. He was trying to yeah. make things happen as opposed to just kind of being out there, running up and down the court, filling up space. He made his he – got away from just filling up space and decided to make his presence felt. And I think it's great to see, and hopefully we'll see more of this. Yeah, I feel like he, um, he didn't back down. You know, I felt like there was a there was a couple of possessions where um, the Nuggets just scored on him quickly. You know what? I want to say Bruce Brown did it twice. And I feel like he had something to say to Luke each time on his way back up the floor. And I feel like Luke just stayed with it. He didn't let that you know, he didn't, he wasn't discouraged, even though the lead was dwindling down in that second half when the when the Nuggets were within three. And, and then in that fourth quarter, man, he just blended in with everyone else with the rest of the offense. And I think that's one of the one of the key signs of, of an elite offense is when, you know, anyone off the bench can can go in and be productive just based off of what everyone else is doing out there. Yeah, and one thing I do like about that second unit also is that there's been a pretty consistent amount of effort that they give out there. Like, you don't feel guys that come into the game are just kind of lollygagging and just kind of going through the motions. They're out there trying to make things happen. You know, Derek White is aggressive with the scoring. 
Peyton Pritchard scoring and, which is weird, rebounding. Uh, and, and Luke is just looks a lot more comfortable out there to be more than just, you know, a, a body, a seven foot body with a pulse. He's actually making plays. And that, that's great to see. And to me, Sam Hauser, you know, he's just been one of, if not the most consistent second unit guy out there. Um, and there are a couple possessions where, again, Denver tried to do what a lot of teams try to do against, against Sam and go at him and give Sam his credit. He's not backing down. He may not be a lockdown defender, but he's not nearly as big a turnstile defensively as I think we might have been led to believe. Uh, right. and, and so, uh, again, if he's able to stay solid defensively and keep knocking down the open shots the way he is, if you're the Celtics, that's all you want. That's all you want. I feel like Hauser made the scouting report. I, I feel like he's, he's, he was on there. Is that the first time you've seen a, a team uh, defend him in that way? I felt like they had a body on him almost at all times, especially when he first checked in in the, uh, in the first half. No, I, I think teams have finally started to realize that um, the dude is shooting damn near 70% for three-point range. You might want to get a body out there. You might want to actually week, put somebody what, four, in a zip code. This is in the week, right? Teams know now, I think. I'm just surprised it took this many games. I mean, I, I figured after maybe four or five, maybe six games of him knocking down shots, teams would adjust. But it's taken them this long to figure out that Sam Hauser is a knockdown shooter. And you might want to get a body out there in his zip code when he catches the rock because he's looking to shoot pretty much every time he gets it, which is smart because that's what he does well. Absolutely. Definitely. And the Celtics, again, B31 to 112. Like I said, Tatum, 34 points. Uh, Jalen Brown, though, 20 points, very efficient game from Jalen. It took him a while to miss a shot. It was uh, perfect going into halftime. He finished this one five, or excuse me, um, he finished this one with 25 points, eight rebounds, eight with a triple-double there. But more importantly, like I said about his efficiency, man, he's 11 for 15 from the floor, three or four from the three-point arc. I know we talked a lot about Jalen after Wednesday night's game. What did you think of him this time around? Really good. I mean, th this is the Jalen Brown that if you're the Celtics, you love to see. Uh, able to contribute in a multitude of ways. I mean, obviously his scoring, that's the one thing that we pretty much can count on night in and night out from him. But his ability to get others involved. I mean, I thought that that pass he had in the first half where he hits Tatum in stride and Tatum lays it in for an easy dunk. Those are the plays that we have not seen enough of from Jalen Brown throughout his career. And I think he is clearly someone who has that potential, has that ability. It's just a matter of him recognizing that and getting others involved and, and not just getting his own points. Uh, and, and again, his work on the boards was, was very good tonight. They, in fact, the Celtics as a team, I thought they did a really yeah. good job on the boards. And, and that's what they're going to have to do. It's going to have to be gang rebounding. It can't just be, you know, they don't have a Shaquille O'Neal or, Dwight Howard or, you know, guys who have been just single-handedly dominant rebounding types. They're going to need four or five guys every night to be on those boards. And Jalen obviously has to be one of them consistently. Absolutely. Absolutely. And getting right into your offense, I, I think he did a really good job of doing that, whether he was on the receiving end or whether he was the one pulling down the rebound and getting things started. Like, like that was that's the type of Jalen that I think makes this team so difficult to defend because obviously this Tatum, obviously this team is, they, they got shooters now and, and you have someone like Jalen who is just so hard to, to keep up with in a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, in the open space, you know, he'll blow right past you. He'll use his athleticism and he'll certainly get that shot down over you as well. He's so efficient offensively when he's playing like this and Tatum is playing you know, the way he is with 30 plus points. This offense is it's pretty much unstoppable. It feels like, right. Especially against a top, top tier team from the Western conference, like the Denver Nuggets. 
Well, one of the issues that they had, I thought Denver was they really didn't know how to defend Jalen. Uh, they didn't know whether to play him for the drive and, and just let him shoot or get up on him to shoot, which he can beat you with the drive. And so that, that kept them off balance, I thought, in terms of how to defend him all game long. And then that's not even factoring in with having a guy like Sam Hauser and Jason Tatum and Al Horford knocking down shots. And I, I thought Al, you know, he, I think, exposed the one weakness in Jokic's game, and that is defense. Uh, mm-hmm. particularly defending bigs who can stretch the floor, like Al. Uh, I don't think it's it's a coincidence that Al's best night shooting the three ball this season, this will happen to come against the one big man defensively who doesn't do well defending bigs who can shoot the three ball. Mm-hmm. So this was, uh, yeah. again, I, I thought this was a, this is one of those scouting report nights where the Celtics had certain things on a scouting report that they wanted to attack, and I thought they did a consistent job of doing that. And, and the end result is a pretty comfortable win. Yeah, man, Jokic, I mean, Al rather had Jokic chasing him all over the place because you just can't, you, you have to put a block on him. He made him pay. Obviously, when he started, when he got hot from behind the arc in the first half, he was kind of having a good game, putting it together low-key. No one could really, no one really noticed it at first until he hit those back-to-back threes in the second half, man. Like, what a what a run, what a what a stretch for this Celtics team offensively. And then Jokic got into foul trouble. That's when they really were able to separate themselves from this team. The Celtics right now, I mean, the more you watch them, you're, you're looking at them, I think most people are looking at them with, with two different perspectives. One, they're good right now and they're winning games. But you can see enough room to grow that they could be way better than they are right now. Uh, I mean, they're, they're beating teams by 10, 15 points, putting up 130 a night. But you got to believe that when their defense gets on track, because their defense is still mm-hmm. a work in progress. It's not nearly right. as atrocious as it was like the first couple weeks of the season, but it's not nearly as good as it can be, especially when you start looking at the players they have on this roster, the ability that those guys have, and the fact that they've been able to kind of really kind of patchwork that defense without their one of their best defenders, if not the best defender, certainly among the bigs, in Robert Williams. So that's, the, I think, the scary part for a lot of teams about this Celtic squad is that they're winning now, they're finding ways to be successful, and you know that they're nowhere close to being at their best, or as Brad Stevens likes to put it, to be the best version of themselves. That has, We haven't seen that mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the Garden Report, as always, is brought to you by our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Bet BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs from football and basketball this season. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet online features live betting, free contest, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Uh, it's a terrific deal. Just use that promo code CLNS50 again. BetOnline.ag, you get a 50% welcome bonus with your initial deposit. Use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. You know what? It's, it's interesting you say that, Sharab. I feel like it's it's going to come down to, and this might be staying the obvious, but it's just because it's something that Joe Mazzullo has been talking about pretty much since training camp, and that's fundamentals, right? I saw so much of that in this win, whether it was Peyton Pritchard boxing guys out to get those rebounds, you know, whether it's just the way that they've been getting right into their offense without wasting time, not not using so many dribbles to, to you know to get to their spots, two, three passes, quick passes to get a quick bucket. I mean, that's the kind of 
approach that I feel like has, has helped this team a lot. But on the defensive end, I mean, if they continue to, to just lean on those fundamentals, continue to, to lean on the textbook way of how to defend, I think they'll be fine because most of it's just going to be muscle memory in a week or, or I should say in a month or two, you know, whenever Rob Williams does come back because everyone sort of has that in the back of their mind. But this defense has to do this thing on its own and not have to, and not just think about, oh, we'll be our, we'll be better when when Rob is eventually back or when he starts to make his way back into the fold. Yeah, I think it's hard for them, uh, and I think it'd be hard for any team to, to kind of really make that mental shift when you have a guy on your back line who's just, I mean, he's that hes that insurance policy that, that never lapses. He's just always there when you needed him, uh, particularly in the playoffs. And to know that you're not going to have him for a while, it's, I think it just takes a little time to, to adjust to that. I, again, I conversation with an ally I had, uh, you know, about a week or two ago talking about that, and He's right. I mean, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to not only just because he's not there, but just the usual period of time that it takes to bring everything together where you have some new pieces in the mix. Because every year you may have most of the core players back, but that doesn't mean everything is going to be as it was. Other teams around you improve and change, and so have you. And so it takes a little bit of time for them to really figure out exactly what's the way to play as a group in order to be successful. And I think they're, they're starting to figure that out. Um, but, but again, if, if you're a Celtics fan, you've got to love what you're seeing because not only are they finding ways to win, but they're finding ways to win without playing their best basketball. And to me, that's what the real legitimate title contenders do. They don't bring their A game every night and they can still bust that ass by 15. Those are the kind of teams that, again, they cause the most problems from playoff time. Uh, and, you know, again, I, I look at this game and there were so many little things, as you pointed out just with the fundamental. I mean, Marcus Smart being in the right spot to draw a charge. Grant Williams being in the right spot to, to do, you know, whatever he does. Peyton Pritchard with that great steal and layup, uh, you know, in that one possession where they, they missed like four or five shots. And he, he never gave up on the play. Uh, that's something that we, we, you know, from the moment you learn basketball, you're told don't give up on the play. And it's just refreshing to see them literally do that. Uh, and, and again, I, I put that in that bucket of fundamentals that you were talking about earlier. Uh, they're doing more of that. And that's one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why they're winning games. Absolutely. No question. What do they have? Five players in double figures. You had White and, and Pritchard leading the bench. White had 10. Pritchard had 11. But, um, man, he did a little bit of everything, man. I just feel like Pritchard would be uh, the, the guy who you pull aside and say, hey, man, did a really good job today. You know, I don't know if he gets the game ball, but you know what I mean, Sherrod. Oh, stop. Really- we don't do no damn game ball. This is this is game <laughs> what? 11? Talk about some damn game ball. Get out of here I with mean, that, man. You know, I mean, if we're doing the whole, like, high school analogy thing where they, Look, the, kid, the kid the kid who got the big minutes when, he, when, when you know, he hasn't had those opportunities. I'm not going to insult him with no damn game ball, Joe I'm going <laughs> to go with the mindset that he got an opportunity to go out there and bust somebody's ass. And he, he, he handled his business the way you would handle your business when you got a chip on your shoulder and you haven't been getting much run. That that's cat true. that's been sitting on a bench and you just kind of, you just itching to get in the game. And the minute you get your chance, that you tell yourself before you step out there, I don't know who is going to pay for me sitting on this bench, but I'm making somebody look foolish tonight. Yeah. Somebody is going, to, is going to play poorly that and justify me getting my check tonight. I will, my check is going to yeah. be guaranteed by one of y'all buses getting bust out here. And, you know, DeAndre Jordan, you got some of that? Bruce Brown, you got oh, some yeah. of that? I mean, he he made a lot of guys look silly. I mean, and again, I, I, I got know about that. Yeah, as he should have been. He was garbage. He was garbage. I mean, I mean, th- th- listen, 
just where you and you've been around the game long enough to know if you are seven feet tall and you grab a rebound and a guy that might be listed at six feet might be might be and I, I put might in like real I put an asterisk next to that because I'm not thinking he's six feet. He not only takes the ball <laughs> tall, from you, him but he scores on a layup in front of you. Yeah. You could at that point if I'm coach, I'm be like, hey, young fella, not so young fella. Let's have a conversation about like keeping that damn ball high. Um, like I, I, like I said, Keep it up. that's Keep it up. fundamental basketball. And I give Peyton Pritchard a lot of credit for not allowing things that to me that that play was kind of symbolic of this is time here. He doesn't allow yeah. circumstances out of his control, like not playing affect him when he gets a chance to play. Uh, he, he again, he did exactly what you're supposed to do in that situation. You make plays, you get your teammates involved. You, you do some things to get the crowd excited because, again, his game doesn't have to necessarily be a stats-driven game. He's got to bring energy. He's got to make an impact. He's got to make his presence felt. And I thought right. he did that from pretty much every minute he was out there, whether it was getting a steal, getting an unexpected offensive rebound, uh, putbacks, and just overall feel for the game. I thought this was really one of his better games. And it, it's hard to um, understate how important this was, not only to the team winning tonight, but for his own personal confidence, because I don't care how good you are. Okay. I don't care how you feel yourself or you know you think you all that. If you ain't playing, right. it's hard to just yeah. get yourself mentally locked in to go out there and ball. Uh, so, I, I, again, I give him a lot of credit, man. He, he brought it tonight. And they, they needed that. They really did. You know, one of the answers that I love from Joe Mazzula before this game was uh, someone asked him about what Pritchard needs to do in this matchup. Does he have to do his best version of Michael Brogdon? Like, what should be his approach? And he's like, I think Peyton Pritchard should be Peyton Pritchard. And I love that because, like, man, I'm not going to ask him to do something that he usually doesn't do. We're going to let him shine in its own way, right? He's been around the team, been in his NBA long enough to know what this team needs. And he gave them exactly that in this matchup. And I think on the defensive, his, his, his mark on the defensive end of the floor is what really stood out to me the most. I, I think that's the part where, where, where you know, we'll, we'll take that into consideration moving forward, putting him in spots where they need a big stop in the backcourt, the opposing backcourt is killing them, right? Let's say Marcus is in foul trouble or Malcolm, when he comes back, is in foul trouble. You're going to start building that trust with someone like Pritchard if he's able to continue to come up when his name is called. And again, on the defensive end, we know he can knock down threes. We know he can run an offense, you know, in spurts when you need him to. But for him to to show improvement on that end of the floor, you know, on a team where he's really fighting to, for, for playing time, I think it goes a long way for Peyton. You know, I'm going to have to shut you down on that one, Joe Sway, because I am no. not bringing Peyton Pritchard in for defensive purposes. There's no way in hell that's happening. I'm sorry. He had a great no. game, and I give him mad props for what he did tonight. But there's no way in hell. Steals those Rod. You know he wasn't doing that a year ago. Listen, listen. Let me tell you something. Those Allen Iverson was one of the league's leaders in steals, and when you watch him play, he gives up like two, three, four, five for every steal he gets. He usually gets like a couple of layups. Peyton Pritchard isn't that bad. But Damn. defense is not his forte. Defense is not his strength. Jeez. Defense is not what he does. Peyton Pritchard is a is an undersized point guard who's really more of a shooting guard who can make shots. He's got a great knack for for getting inside the paint, not as a scorer, but as a rebounder. I mean, th this game to me was a a more a, a grander picture of what Peyton Pritchard does all the time. You, if you really watch him play, if folks really pay attention to him, he has a way of putting his nose in the paint, getting loose balls, forcing steals around the basket. But the downside is when teams go to half-court sets, 
that's not where he's good uh, because he's typically going against guys who are bigger than him. Uh, he's typically going against guys who are a little bit longer than he is physically. And again, Peyton, I think, has a lot of the fundamentals that you want from a player. But again, every player in the NBA has something that they're not great at. And for him, it's, it's defense. I don't think he's horrible. I don't think he's nearly as bad as some people make him out to be. But there's no way in hell just way I'm putting him on a damn floor if I need a defensive stop. Especially when I got – if I have a Marcus Smart, a Malcolm Brogdon, a Derek White. Those guys are in foul trouble, Gerard. I'm not saying like the last play well, of the game. Well, if they're in foul trouble, if they're in foul trouble, that's a different story. Because then then I'm playing him not necessarily because this is a great coaching decision. I'm playing because I need to have somebody out there. And in that case, I can live with that. But – if we're like, you know, if, yeah. if we're da- if we're up by one and the team's got like three, four guards out there, and I got all my guards healthy, he ain't gonna get the four because I don't need that yeah. from him. Now, if there's the flip side, if let's say we absolutely needed a shot to go down, and we've got the ball in offense, and we're down by one, and they've got a bunch of little guards out there, hell, I might throw him out there then because I know that I'm putting him in a position to be successful. And that's the thing about Peyton that you know I, I think people have to really try to understand. Joe is still trying to figure out what's the best way to put him in the best position to be successful. And again, tonight with no Malcolm, the opportunity to play was there. Uh, and to his credit, he made the most of his opportunity. But I don't think Peyton has really been in a lot of situations that were built for him to succeed. He's done some good things. But again, I, I like I said, this was the perfect storm for him because this Denver team, uh, I don't think they're very good defensively. Uh, I, their basketball IQ, I would say, in some positions was very suspect. Uh, and again, that, that DeAndre Jordan play, to me, that's just a microcosm of, I thought, this game where Denver just didn't do the little things and the Celtics did. Uh, because that was a, that was one of, again, you're going to see, I guarantee you there's some high school coach out there who taped this game, who clipped that sequence, is going to show his players, when I tell you don't give up on a play, damn it, this is what I'm talking about. This is, this you is see that? About, He's right? the smallest guy on the damn floor. The smallest guy on the damn floor. And yet when the play is finally over, he comes up with the big rebound. He comes up with the big steal. And he's the guy that scores. That See, that's, is what that's, you need that's, that's what a high school coach would do, though. You would bench the center oh, yeah. for the rest of the second half. So I like, I like that. So he's yeah. so, so so Peyton Pritchard is, is Malcolm Brogdon's insurance policy. Is you telling me, Rod? All right. I'm saying he's part of the when he's plan. Out. I thought this, yeah, when he's out, well, you, you have to. I mean, he's the next guy up. Uh, right, but my whole, my whole thing is like, how how can he separate himself from the? And look, I'm not saying I'm not vouching for the guy to, to, to crack, you know, Joe Mazzulla's rotation here. But in order to, for him to apply that pressure, I just think that's the end of the floor that's going to do it because Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Martin, those guys can they can get they can get stuff done on the offensive end of the floor that 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 Pritchard, you know, that Pritchard can as well. They can do it even better. But the thing is that what separates him, well, at least last year I felt like it was was the three point was the three point touch, right? This team is different yeah. this year, right? They they got they got. They got bodies for that. They got they got shooters, right? So yeah. I'm just looking for a, a way he can he can carve, you know, carve his way into this rotation, like for, for his best interest. You know what I mean? Like, what's well, what can I, he I do? do? See, and I think that's the challenge and problem with 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 Peyton is that I don't think there's a clear path for him to do that. I mean, you when you start looking at the rest of his roster, almost every guy has a certain area that's not strong that you can see them over time getting better at. I mean, I look at a guy like Sam Hauser, who, as we've seen, he's a, he's a very good shooter. Um, and he's shown himself to be, you know, a not too shabby of a defender either. So then you say, well, what's the next step for him? For him, it's just simple ball fake step in, long two. Or ball fake step in, beat guys off the dribble, keep the ball moving. 
little you can see areas where he can clearly get better and he has the, the capacities the capacity to get better Peyton he's not going to get taller he's not going to get longer so his defense from a physicality standpoint isn't going to change uh, he can continue to be a very good shot maker which I think he, he is uh, but to your point Joe Sway being a pest defensively yeah that's probably a good good lane for him to, to grow into but I'm not sure that he's built mentally to do that because Peyton knows the same thing that we do. He's a hell of a shooter. And if you know you're a hell of a shooter, your teammates know you're a hell of a shooter. Guess what they're looking for you to do when you get your ass out on the court? Knock mm. down shots. Uh, so to me, Peyton, he's going to have to, I think, put together more efforts where he's showing he can do other things besides score. And I thought, that, again, he, he had a great night, I thought, scoring the ball. But I just thought his court awareness was was a little bit better tonight than it normally is. He had that one lob to, I think it was Tatum, that you know, it, it went out of bounds or Tatum missed it. And it wasn't a great lob. But the fact that he's that's part of his thinking process now, getting other guys involved, when he could have easily at that point just shot his own floater, probably would have went in the way he was playing. But instead, he tried to get it to a teammate. So those are the kind of things I think Peyton has to uh, really take advantage of those opportunities and show that he could do more than just knock down threes. Uh, because Sam Hauser kind of has that department of lockout, right? Now. Yeah, he does. Uh, and because of Sam's size, he gives you versatility. And again, I've, I've always felt from the very beginning that that was going to be the biggest obstacle for Peyton to overcome, the fact that he lacks the physical dimensions and versatility that a lot of his teammates have. I mean, if you look at this roster, I right. think he might be maybe the only guy that can only play one position, really. You can't put him at two guard unless the team is going super small. Um, yeah. A guy like Sam Hauser... You can put him at two, three positions. Marcus Smart plays all five. Derek White can play two or three. Uh, Luke Cornett, he can play a couple positions. You know, he can play both bigs positions. And you start going down the line, and, and Peyton's kind of the outlier in that regard. Uh, that doesn't mean he's a bad player. That doesn't mean he can't help you. But you have to understand and figure out there's certain situations where he can be really, really beneficial to you and a lot of other situations where it's just not going to be – he's not going to be in a position to be successful, and neither is the team. Yeah, it could be limited sometimes. That's fair. I guess that's fair. Well, this team, this other team, got three players uh, shooting above forty percent from behind the arc. Like I just, that's I didn't think crazy. that was gonna happen, right? I didn't think that was gonna happen. So uh, again, I, I think that was the part that, that the Pritchard fans was, were kind of rooting for him. And like, oh man, if he can just get hot from three, he'll and get. He's a not one of those three. No, he's not. That's the thing. Then, Last <laughs> year though, that yeah. would have been the case. But this year, they got shooters, man. If you would have sure. taken a poll at the beginning of the season and said 11 games in, the Celtics would have three guys shooting better than 40%, who would those three players be? I guarantee you Peyton Pritchard would have been on everyone's top three list. Oh, yeah. Guarantee. No question. Uh, and it would have made sense. Um, but, uh, again, Sam Howes' ability to just shoot threes. Tatum is shooting at a high clip. Uh, he's Malcolm flirting with Rock, 40. He's not over yeah. 40, but he's flirting right. with it. Yeah, Tatum. Right, because I think he came into the game at like 39.8 or 38.8, something like that. Something but like they've that, got, yeah. yeah. they got a bunch of guys that are shooting. You got three over 40, and they got a couple others who are shooting in the high 30s. And when you're shooting the three ball as much as they do, and you're shooting it that well, uh, you're a problem. You're going to mm-hmm. cause major problems for teams because then you become a, you become that team where you can't, you can't focus on any one guy. Because, I mean, look, you pay too much attention to Tatum, Jalen is going to kill you. You pay too much to Jalen, Jason is going to kill you. You pay a lot of attention to both. You got Sam Hauser, who's going to be more than happy to knock down some open jump shots if you give it. You got Derek mm-hmm. White, who has become a different kind of shooter. Uh, he's, he's worked on his technique and 
you know, I, I wrote about that a couple months ago about how, you know, he spent some time with the shooting coach and, and working to refine his form and have it be consistent throughout. And because this is, you know, before this year, I like Derek, but his shot form was all over the damn map. I mean, yeah, we're talking like, like Cali to Kalamazoo all over the map. Somewhere <laughs> it, was, it was in there somewhere. Um, but now, you know, he's very consistent with it. And, and right. the results are, 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 are playing out in that regard. And that, to me, is why this team is kind of scary. Uh, because, like I said, they're doing a lot of really good things. But it's clear that there are levels that they haven't even scratched the surface that they can go to. And that is what championship caliber teams do. They figure out how to win until everything comes together. And when everything comes together, they no longer are looking to win. They're looking to bury you. They're looking to put you six feet under in six minutes or less. Uh, yeah. That's the mindset that they have to have. And, and again, uh, the way this team is, is built, the way this team is playing, uh, the attitude and edge that I think they're starting to play with a little bit more, they're going to be a problem for playoff time. They're going to be a major problem. Absolutely. No question, I think, man, because they're not showing any signs of slowing down. Tatum, another 30-plus point night, 34 points. Uh, Jalen had 25. Once again, the Celtics uh, beat the Nuggets 131 to 112. We got John Zanis, who's so motivated by this Celtics game that he said he's going to check in with us in a little bit. So we got that. What? We got Bobby Manning. Yep. I, don't, I wonder what John's going to say. This is a really positive game for the Celtics. So we'll see what John what John's got for us. Um, like I said, Bobby Manning is here, of course, in, at, in TD Garden, as well as me and Sherrod. He's going to be in the locker room. We'll see what he comes up with. I'm sure he'll join us in about a few minutes. But um, the the conversation heading into this game, obviously, uh, especially if you've watched Wednesday night show, was um, Malcolm Brogdon's status. Now, uh, Joe Mazzullo was asked before tip-off about Malcolm Brogdon. He said he's day-to-day. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, of course, out with a hamstring, I'm not going to say injury, but I guess uh, stiffness, whatever you want to call it, it's sore or it's not feeling great. Um, are you buying this, that he's day-to-day? You know, John's going to play the, he's going to play devil's advocate, but um, how concerned are you uh, after hearing Joe Mazzulla say that Malcolm Brogdon is considered day-to-day? I'm always concerned when players are missing Malcolm games Brogdon? And, it's be- oh, yeah. and your name's Malcolm Brogdon. I'm concerned. Um I'm very concerned. And, and I, not to, not like, oh, my gosh, you may never play another game for the Celtics. I'm not that kind of concerned. I'm more concerned about the fact that they're going to, in all likelihood, go with some type of load management program for this no. guy. We're not, even a full, we're not even a full month into the season. Uh, but I don't believe it's, it's one of those things where, you know, Malcolm is just trying to milk the injury and just not playing rest up. I just think I think he's legitimately hurt. Uh, you look at the way he plays, the way he competes. Uh, he's not built to sit on the bench. I know it, it frustrates the hell out of him because he knows part of his role isn't only to go out there and produce, but it's also to be a leader. Uh, and, and to me, I worry more about that part of his absence than the actual production. Because I think they've got enough guys who can, statistically speaking, make up for what he brings to the table in terms of points and assists and things of that nature. But it's that, that leadership quality that in so many ways separates him from a lot of guys in this league that I love the fact that he's with that second unit because you've got Tatum and Brown and Al doing the damn thing with the first group. And that second unit really didn't have that, that that cog that that bench could galvanize around and be that leader. And Malcolm has been that guy. And the idea that he will only be able to maybe have a voice instead of a physical presence on the court 
uh, here and there and miss games here and there, uh, it does concern me because my, my, my big concern is that day to day becomes week to week, comes month to month. And the next thing you know, you know, he's played 25, 30 games and the season is over in like a month. And that's my big concern about Malcolm, yeah. that this injury will not necessarily get worse, but it may be one where they'll be so cautious about it that he's going to miss games uh, simply to make sure that they hopefully have him as healthy as possible come playoff time. But the thing about playoffs, as we know, just like we've seen it happen many times. As much as it is important to be healthy, it's arguably as important to have a rhythm with that. Uh, right. And I, I just I worry that he's not going to play enough games and have enough minutes to get in the kind of the flow and rhythm that you're going to want a key sub, a key player on your team to have come postseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Shrod. I, I, I agree for sure because I, I think the load management program is is definitely the way to go. I, I think there's just too much on the line, right? He's just too yeah. important, too vital. But you know, with that being said, you also don't want you want him to have his reps going into the postseason, right? You know, you look at a team like the Golden State Warriors who were, 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 were riding high pretty much throughout the, the second half of the year. And then Steph went down, you know, he took, what, six weeks off or four weeks off, whatever it was. And he was able to go into the playoffs and he was fresh, right? You know, other guys did the same thing. You know, I, I'm just wondering what kind of balance is that going to be with the Celtics in terms of making sure that he's he's all right. Also making sure that he has enough games under his belt, that he's he's in tune, he's in rhythm with these guys. Because he was, he looks so damn good out there, man. I mean, we, we know what this team was missing in, in the NBA Finals. And I think that's the biggest piece in terms of just addressing what the the, the many concerns that, that that were for the Celtics throughout that series, you know, whether it was having a secondary a playmaker, a scorer, a defender, someone in that backcourt, you know, I mean, that's how important Malcolm Brogdon is. So if it means not him not playing at the you know second end of, uh, uh, you know, back-to-backs or him missing games here and there, I'm for it. I'm all for it. Or even a, a, minutes, a minutes restriction, that's fine because the NBA Finals and NBA playoffs is what? It's four months away, NBA Finals, six months away. Like that's all that's going to be so vital for this team in, in, in terms of them get back to the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely have to figure out a plan that, that will, at, you know, at a minimum, keep him relatively upright and ready to go come playoff time. Because even if you've got a out of rhythm Malcolm Brock, and that's still better than an injury. So exactly. they, they, they know they know what they need to do. And then you just look at the load management plan that they had for Al Horford last year that, you know, I don't think a lot of people were, were, were you know, ready to co-sign on that. This is going to work. This is going to work. Uh, I'm not even sure Al felt that it was going to necessarily work. But he was a much more impactful player in the postseason than I think most people expect. Oh, no question. Uh, and, His and, numbers went up and, across the board. Yeah. yeah and, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were very strategic uh, in how they utilized them during the season. And we're start, we see some of that now. I think we'll right. see more of that as we get closer towards the end of the season. And in all likelihood, we're probably going to see that with, with Malcolm to, to some extent. Uh, and, and that's just kind of how, you know, if you're the Celtics, you have to be smart enough to manage core guys' minutes, particularly when they're in a situation where their health has been an issue in the recent past. So Bobby's back. Right. We might as well just there start. Let's, let's, hear the, let's hear the Luke Cornette. Uh, the Luke Cornette wrap up. Big, Big Daddy Luke should have his own like theme music. We should have like just Big Daddy Luke theme music. <laughs> well, that's, that's that line. I don't blame you. I don't blame you, Sherrod. All right, Bobby, what you got? Welcome, welcome back. What do you got, uh, you got for us, Bobby? 
I'm thrilled to see him get more aggressive in this game. I don't think we need to do a cornet segment, but I'll, I'll oblige. I'll oblige. Why not? Um, the post hooks he was hitting over Jordan, I wasn't expecting to see from him. It, most of this year, we've seen him offensively just kind of play his part and try to do dribble handoffs and chase boards and all the like little things in between. And he almost didn't want to shoot, it looked like, to start this year. Outside of that three hit, I haven't really seen him look to score all year. So, obviously, I think someone must have told him, you have looks, you have space underneath, put it up. And he saw it against Jordan, and credit to him, he was very aggressive. Uh, this is a really good game from him again. And uh, he's emerged as that backup center that they've needed. Like, you didn't need much there. Everyone's saying, go get Dwight, go get Whiteside, all these guys who are going to want big minutes. Good thing about Cornette is, you know, he knows he's a role guy on the team. He really stays within that role. And he does a great job in limited minutes. I mean, you can't ask for more uh, from a guy in 13 minutes than what he's given you in a game like this. He, he just owned DeAndre Jordan out there. Yeah, but and Bobby, as, as, as we talked about uh, on Press Row, 2022 DeAndre Jordan comes at a little bit cheaper price to own than like 2015, 2018 DeAndre. But I will say this, though. Give Luke props. He recognized the opportunity to make his mark, to step right in, just like John Zanis, just step right in, uh, low-key, no one thought coming. I see What's up, Jay-Z? I jumped in just in time for the Corvette talk. Unbelievable. We were waiting for you to jump you're coming in. in. You're coming in hard, John. Audio-wise? Oh, hard, John, yeah. I can of course that. he's coming in hot. We're talking about Luke Cornette. What you expect? Yeah, he's excited. It's fine. How about that? Do I sound better? Yep, perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just here. I'm just hanging. No, but Luke was oh, good, nice. man. I mean, this this was good. This was great, great Luke Cornette. This is like, uh, you know, when, whenever they do like the 30 for 30 on Luke Cornette, this is probably going to be prominently played. <laughs> hey, at this point, you, you, you can't deny it. The impact is real. Uh, he's just making an impact on the game whenever he gets in there. And it's it's great to see the bench unit thrive in a game without Brard then. Like, uh, those are some really key stretches from those guys. The Hauser plus minus uh, stretch continues here. Where did he end this game at? I saw he was plus 11 at one point. He ends at plus 12. Uh, so he's going to continue to be one of the more like impactful plus minus guys in the league. And you got Pritchard coming in, doing what he did. Well, I thought White was sensational on defense. Like, this was a... Another good showing from a bench that I think you looked at and said, oh, are they going to be able to survive without all that stuff Brogdon was doing? And I, I thought they were just head and shoulders above a pretty pretty deep Denver team. They have a good bench. Yeah, Denver, Denver is no slouch. I mean, there's a reason why those guys came in here eight and two. I mean, it wasn't just because they played a bunch of cupcakes. They're a good team. They got, hell, they got, they got the damn two-time league MVP uh, who yeah. is in tip-top shape. But the thing I liked about this game was that there were kinks in this Denver armor and the Celtics absolutely exploited them. Jokic does not like to defend outside beyond the free throw line. And he didn't. And Al made him pay. Uh, Aaron Gordon, you know, Mr. Mr. Dunk, Mr. Love can do all that stuff. Not really much of a factor outside of that. So when you're defending him, you give him space to shoot. And they did that. Uh, get in his head a little bit, which which I thought Grant did on multiple occasions. Marcus Smart getting in position to draw charges. Little, there's so many, and we talked about this earlier, Bobby. Just so many fundamental things that they did in this game that allowed them to beat a really good team with relative ease. And 
one of the key cogs for them, Malcolm Brogdon, was doing the same thing we're doing, watching the damn game. So that's <laughs> so was Rob. That's a, do you see Rob getting up, jumping up and down? He, he's looking good physically. Well, I yeah. need him to do some of that jumping up and down just a little bit further north, a little bit yeah. closer <laughs> to the court, like, you know, in the paint. Yeah, like near the stanchion, maybe. That's what I really need to see. But, but, but again, this was a good win for them because that's a good Denver team. Uh, who, again, they had their best player ready to go, and they really made him a non-factor, uh, which is crazy when he had, I think he had like 27 and 10 or something like that. Um, but you never really why does like this? Jokic. Why does this always happen when he plays the Celtics? He's following, he looks tired. Like, if you only watch Celtics Nuggets games, if you're one of those fans, you're probably like, how is this guy the MVP? Well, Al is a problem for him. Al, for whatever reason, he just doesn't matter. what. And, and Marcus, low-key, Gets in his head. I don't know if he gets in his head, but Marcus does enough to irritate him. You know, get drawing those charges, uh, swiping at the ball, uh, defending him like he's he's not used to having a guy six four try to defend him. Um, and Marcus will do some of that. And so I, I think the Celtics are just a unique matchup for him uh, that they always give him problems. John, what do you think? What are your takeaways? This is a statement this win for the Celtics. In, this game was think? insane. I, I, I mean. Denver's a good team, and the Celtics are a level up from them. I mean, every time you looked, it was like, oh, wow, Denver got it to six, got it to five, got it to seven. And then you look up again and be like, it's 15. Like, relentless, just and, relentless. And that's happened three times, John, in recent, like this recent stretch here, the uh, game. Relentless. I, again, I, and I'm not. You know, I'm not taking a victory lap over it, but I, I just keep going back to the offense. Like, I. I don't care. I, I don't care about the defense. If your if your offense is you scoring should. 130 points, you shouldn't. Because one, I thought they actually played uh, defense uh, well for spurts tonight um, when it mattered. Two, again, this is the defense is a thing where I still believe it's a choice. And when they want to clamp down and when they want to give max effort for four quarters when it really counts, it's there. They're still there. They can still do that. Um, the, the offense is on a – they're on a different planet right now, uh, the, the way that they're playing. I mean, they've shot 55% or better, I think, four out of the last six games. Uh, they shot 62% from two tonight, 43% from three. This is insane, and we keep waiting for the yeah, bubble to burst, and I just don't think it bursts. That's the point. Like, this offense is real, and, like, you see comments after the game. First comments we've really seen, like, specific – not first – specifically complimentary of Joe Missoula, Al Horford going out there and being like, we're doing what Joe's telling us. He's obsessed with space and pace. And this is what we're doing. And like, this is stuff we're screaming about last year when it didn't look like they have it. They're just playing on such a higher level than they were before. And you can see it with everybody like Tatum. He's moving guys places, you know, no, no, get over there. You know, like this isn't, you got to get, you know, and he's getting annoyed sometimes if people aren't doing it, they all have, jobs and roles and places to be to open up the offense for everybody and when they do it it's just freaking relentless it's just they're just attack 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 open three open three open three it's a really hard team to defend right now in addition to us a ton of one-on-one mismatches all over the floor when jay when tatum and brown are out there it is such a hard team and again surround them with shooters create a little bit of space pick up the tempo and bang. And that's what happens. I, I just, I, I, I walked away from this game. I'm like, Denver, Denver. 
I, Denver's my sneaky, like, dark horse pick for a finals team out of the West this year. Okay, Celtics are down two of their top six Maybe. players, and they freaking drilled them. Okay, so I, that just shows you what what level the Celtics are on versus I think a, a lot of the rest of the league right now. They're 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 somewhere else right now. I'm glad you brought up that Horford endorsement too, because that's a big one. I mean, it's he's a big one, but all of it, I, yeah. He he's a veteran in the room. I remember talking to him during camp, and I'm like, oh, what do you know about Joe? And he actually said, like, I don't know a lot. Like, I really didn't get – I just got here last year. I didn't get to know him a ton last year because of the whole COVID stuff going on. And, you know, he was impressed at the time. But now he really goes all in there on an endorsement of what he's doing and his role, which is a little yeah. bit different. He's almost exclusively shooting threes, right? Um, and everybody just seems to be satisfied with what they're doing offensively. Um, you know, it, it, like you said, everybody's in the right position. Everybody's enhancing each other. Yeah, everybody's weaknesses are getting minimized a little bit, and I, they just I blow by little, teams. I think it was Denver last year when I fully bought in too. I think it was a Denver game during that stretch where they were killing everybody, but it was a bunch of chump teams. Then they went out and beat Denver by like a zillion points, and I was like, okay, it's real, you know. And so, like, I kind of got that same vibe, but on the other end with the with the, with the way the the offense was playing. And I know Denver's not a terrific defensive team, uh, but that was kind of the vibe I got. Sorry, sure, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's it's a little hard to bitch and moan about your office when you put a buck thirty up on a on a nightly basis. I mean, where what are you gonna complain about? You're scoring, you're getting great looks at the rim, you're getting points in the paint, you're getting points behind a three point arc. You have literally put together a an offensive weaponry that what do you what do you try to stop? Because everything you try to stop, it's like playing whack-a-mole with these guys offensively. If you try to take away the three, they're finishing at the rim. If you take away the, if you take away finishing at the rim and pack the paint, they're knocking down open shots. And if you try to like double team or tilt and, and do all that kind of stuff with any type of regularity, Caden is at a point now where he's recognized, he's sniffing that out real early and kicking the ball, knowing that either my teammate's going to get an open shot or the defense is going to rotate back. And I'm going to get it back, have an ISO one-on-one, and you, you can't stop me at that point. And so th- this team, th- they're just playing a different brand of offensive basketball that we haven't seen anyone at this point can stop. I mean, think about this. They've lost three games, two of which went to overtime, to the one team that they probably match up the worst against, which is Cleveland, because of the size. And they don't have really the, the time. This is a and, big team too. Yeah. And this, and, and again, this was a big team, but this was a team not nearly as skilled around the rim as um, Cleveland. You know, you no know, disrespect, but when I think about Jared Allen, I think about DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I don't think about apples and apples. Um, it's more like apples and a very small grape. Uh, DeAndre ain't that dude no more. I'm sorry. Man. He's not. But yeah, it's just so I don't know if you're just bummed out or you're just like shocked. I'm just disappointed in DeAndre. I thought he had a little more in the tank than he had. But he when does. did you think that? How many years ago did you think that? And why did that thought get frozen in your head? Because my thinking, John, was that there was enough in the tank so that he would actually be moving, not going fast, but just actually moving. He's he's just he's just body out there sucking up air. There's nothing. There's nothing left. Just sucking up air. Okay, I have oh, been informed yeah. recently by our producers at home that we've been delinquent, my my friends. We've we've been delinquent tonight. What do you mean? Oh, we didn't what, pay bills. Shit. What have we not done? We didn't. John, listen. I'm like Marcus Smart. I'm just sitting in the corner waiting for. I, I look. I'm not yeah. running point. 
Bobby did it. <laughs> We're not past due yet. We got time. I know Bobby has specific instructions that I have not been, I'm not privy to. So I'm going to let Bobby do that at some point. But we are going to tell you about Athletic Greens as well because we've got a bunch of you in here. Uh, and this is what we do. We're telling you about our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Uh, go to athleticgreens.com slash garden and sign up for this. It's great. 75 vitamins, minerals, all in one scoop of water. You pour it in in the morning, take it down. That's it. You're done for the day. Don't have to go shopping for a zillion pills and vitamins. So make sure that you check that out. It is uh, diet friendly. There's no sugar in it. Uh, it's uh, endorsed by uh, countless celebrities and healthcare professionals. Every single one of us on the Garden Report is a loyal AG1 user, uh, and we love it. And I just got another shipment uh, in there. So thank you very much for that. Um, so you guys should check it out. And again, to make it easy on you, uh, go to athleticgreens.com slash garden for a free one-year supply, vitamin D, five free travel packs. And again, if you're at all interested in this stuff, do your own research, look it up. You don't have to just take our word for it. Um, see whether it's for you. And if it is, please go in there. And like I said, check that out, athleticgreens.com slash garden. Go through there. That way they know we're the ones who sent you and pick up your free gift as well. Please do so if you are at all interested uh, in something like this and taking back your health. Uh, we said gut health, immune system, uh, mental clarity, all of that stuff. Uh, AG1 is there for you. Um, guys, I'm sure you've talked about everything at this point. I, I mean, you could go on and on and on. Like, I know it's nice. You got the one off. You know, you got a good cornet game. You got great stuff from Pritchard, which was nice to see him. Uh, and just such a spark. Full disclosure, I was at the game as a fan tonight. That's why I come oh, in. That's, oh, why I come, wow. that's, that's why I come in all jacked up. I watched the yeah. whole freaking thing. Um, John was waving the green towel. No, my phone. He's like, finger. I gotta talk about this team right now. Let's go. No, I was psyched about it. I wanted to jump on, but um, you know, you know, you guys got all the fancy credentials and stuff. So I had the gun at home. I had to get my dad home too. Um, but uh, I love all of that energy, but I guess just the whole, the whole of it is just so impressive. I think Sherrod said they just beat you so many different ways. Um, and it's just, everybody's just so confidently and, you know, just so secure in their roles right now. It doesn't look kind of like, what are we doing out here? You know, I feel like there are times last year where it just seemed disorganized on the offensive end. They were all relying on one guy to make things happen. Even when they kicked the guys for open shots, they weren't going in. Um, you know, it's just, it's, I can't, they had 97 points tonight after three quarters. They mm. topped 97 points twice in the finals. John, John, I was going to say, there's like, some games where if they could finish with 97 points, you're thinking like this was a good right. 97, yeah, twice in the finals they eclipsed 97. It's just a different – it's like a completely different team. What, what What's up, Bobby? I was going to say, I, I didn't want to go down this road, but you look at what's going on here. You look at what's going on in Utah, and like you, you got to look at those two coaches – on email staff last year and just be like, they had, they had the goods offensively. Like they, like they are just delivering in terms of the system they're implementing in terms of what they're having players do. And this is what's really shocked me. The players seem to like really want to do this stuff. Like they're commit smart point guard, you know, facilitating uh, Tatum running up the floor. Who would have ever thought we'd see Tatum running like this uh, Brown getting off the ball, even though he wants to grow as a playmaker, but you know, becoming a screener, something we never saw him do last year. All these guys are doing stuff that they've been somewhat resistant to do in the past. And it looks so natural. And I get, this is the question I really can't get an answer to right now is like, what, 
where's this commitment come from to pace and all this well, screening and passing and stuff that we like, it looked like it was like death to go through last year. Well, it's interesting. Cause I guess, uh, you know, our, our, our man Kess here, uh, you know, a loyal, uh, uh, a viewer on the garden report excellent point good. here and i know Kes, Kes was not a brad guy very uh unabashedly so uh we heard about it quite a bit and i think we were all there on it during those last days of brad i think we were there like they needed a new voice but again i know bobby and i'm not calling you out here but a lot of people thought it unimaginable that this team could ever be coached by brad and as Kes puts it in this comment since then you've now had two coaches that have taken the team to levels you would have never guessed they could get to and that they never came close not never came close to but that they never achieved with brad um which is crazy like Ime took him another level last year with his defense and now like whatever's going on with this missoula offense and i think as much of it has to do with growth uh of the of the players i always thought the key to this team reaching another level was tatum and brown continuing to level up you know growth is not linear it's not guaranteed some players take steps back you know, look at Julius Randle, for example, uh, last year. Some players stay flat for a while. Some players just kind of plateau, and that's who they are. So you were banking on continued growth, continued growth. Tatum's a top two MVP candidate right now. He's out of his freaking mind. And so we're talking, can he get into the top 10? He's firmly in the top five, and it's not even a question the way he's playing right now. Those guys have leveled up. But to the question, why are they taking the Joe? I think so much of it has to do with Fun. Offense is fun. Defense is work. Like if that's how you're going to win and you say we go out there and we space it around, we whip the ball around, we score 130 points a game and we all touch the ball. Awesome. Sign me up for that. You know, and that's kind of what they're doing right now. And if you see results, you you buy in a little bit more and the results are there extremely early from preseason, Bobby. Game one. What did we say? Oh my God, the pace and space that this team is playing with. We right couldn't out of the believe it. Incredible. Right. right out of I was like, Tatum's running. They're pushing the ball. They're looking to run. Yeah. They bought it early because I think they wanted to. I think they like it. And so, and yeah. then it started to work. And then from there, you're putting up a friggin' 130 spot. You know, like it's nothing. It's unbelievable. Uh, I think part of it has to do with the fact that when you have the kind of season they did last year, you have that kind of success and you get to the finals. And then when it's over, you kind of inspect, where did we fall short? The struggles offensively jump out like nothing else. And so it's easier, I think, to get guys to buy into being more focused on executing at a high level at that end of the floor. Because that literally costs you a championship. Your inability to be a better offensive team costs you a championship. And we're seeing right now, they're not just – scoring the ball more they're scoring it more effectively more efficiently and they're doing it in a multitude of ways so that you can't just look at the celtics tape and say well if we take away the threes we can beat them easily hell no you got tatum finishing at the rim with contact now you got Jalen being aggressive Derek white you got the smallest guy on their damn roster is getting you four offensive rebounds that's how that, that's how good they are offensively now and and that is a it, again it's a major problem for team defenses because you don't, there's no clear silver bullet or two or three that you can hit these guys with and shut that offensive down. If anything, they're going to have to have bad shooting nights to be beat at this point. If they look like they look that good, that it's not even going to be about you locking Tatum up or putting the clamps on Jalen. It's about the missing shots that they normally make. Right. And you know yeah. what, too, the core of this team, that just, I think the experience of what happened last year is was molded them into just being 
battle-tested guys, guys who, who know the right things to do. And then you bring in Malcolm Brogdon, you bring in, you know, guys who come off the bench, who reinforce that approach. I think that's what's really been helping this team so much in the, in the offensive side of the floor. Now, a lot of teams, they, it may take them a week or two to sort of find that continuity. It may take them a while to sort of find their stride. But for the stuff this team to find it so early and clicking on all cylinders the way they are and doing it in, in this fashion without Malcolm Brogdon, without a key guy on the offense, you know, the second unit coming up big without, without Malcolm Brogdon being a part of it. I think it's, it's, it shows a much character of this team. It shows just where they are mentally and how focused they are. And it also shows, especially after what Michael Malone had to say, you know, the head coach of, of Denver Nuggets, it showed that they were so prepared and so game plan to, to take on the Celtics and it still didn't even matter. I mean, Malone was saying all the right things. He he pinpointed guys like Hauser and, and what this offense can do. He he really did his homework going into this, and it just didn't matter. The, the Nuggets got with the points, and even though thinking, okay, they may lose this lead, but you know, as long as they keep fighting, they'll, they'll, they'll regain it. And that's the closest they got. They regained the lead, three three four was a nine to four run, you know, coming out of the timeout, and the Nuggets. They never came close again after that, and all of a sudden it's a twenty point game. I mean, that's how explosive this offense is right now. Yeah, and they're doing it against good teams. That, that's the thing. We're, we're not talking about, you know, the you know, the Indiana Pacers and guys that are at the back of the pack, teams that are going to be vying for that number one overall pick. This is a good Denver team, a team that I, I think John is spot on, that they could be one of those sneaky good teams from playoff time that, you know, if you blink, next thing you know, the Joker is playing for all the marbles in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all. But the way that they the Celtics were able to just dismantle that team, tonight uh, with their offense, with their bench production, with their scoring, with their rebounding, which has been a major Achilles heel. Their rebounding has been so good. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that to me, and their ability to hold their own in and, and many instances win that particular phase of the game, that's a big part of why they're able to score so many points uh, because their defense isn't doesn't have nearly as much stress on them as we've seen in pastures where they're giving up offensive rebound after offensive rebound, which leads to more time defending than they would want to. Uh, their ability to rebound allows that offense to get out and run. And as we I, talked about before, speed up the pace, get in, get into transition quicker. I love that point. I love that point on the rebounding too, because the Celtics are playing so small. How worried were we about that after the Toronto games in the preseason? And it, it did hit them a little bit early this season. Timely offensive yeah. rebounds that led to big baskets in close games. And then they just start gang rebounding. Like the guards come in, Tatum will tip it to a guy. Like they're right there. They're all in the paint. Horford's grabbing big ones. I feel like his rebounding has gone to another level this year. Like that is huge stuff that they're doing in there in terms of handling the little things. Um, the, it's You can't say enough about just how like keyed in on the details this group is. And to your point earlier, John, I want to th- like expand upon that. This is like three games now where teams have made runs against them. As Chicago on Friday, yeah. uh, you had the Grizzlies on Monday, and then the Nuggets here. They could never get over the line. Like they'd get within a possession or two, and then the Celtics just expand the lead again. And it's just because of these rotations that they have that are also balanced and, and, and you know, effective. Like they, they have great bench unit. They have great starters. It's, it's all so well put together right now. It's, it's nuts. And again, it, I think it, it's, it's just not not only getting better um 
um, you know, you know, better from, you know, your best players and your stars all performing, you know, at, at higher levels this year, but just the way it's come together on the bench is so interesting because of that, because of the Hauser contribution and the Brogdon addition, um, you know, and that's what you lose here. The only reason Denver made runs is because that second unit wasn't able to do what it's been doing to other teams, which is extend leads. Uh, and that's what you, that's where you suffer a little bit without that Brogdon led second unit unit because they just kind of keep pressure on keep the pressure on so many open shots and then all of a sudden you're like what happened you know uh the way that they've been playing has been insane but it's just the pieces fit here uh you know really 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 well uh and it's just you know except you know if if this team's fully healthy right now i just i don't know who beats them it's it's, they're they're gonna add rob to this yeah like that's insane it's really it's really hard to imagine and this this is going to be now, now the Celtics are a buyout destination too, because you're going to be looking at this and be like, "Yeah, I might be able to sneak out a chip here," um, you know, jumping over here because they're. I mean, you can count the real contenders on one hand, and the Celtics are clearly one of them right now. Um, and there's a lot of good teams, but still, it, it, they're they're going to be. A bar- it's, it's, well, yeah. this is another one, John. Right? It's the Nuggets. Like it's impressive. Impressive win. They're supposed to be right. Yeah, I can't wait uh, to see them play the Bucks because obviously the Bucks started what nine and zero. Like they've been up there too. Oh, yeah. and the bench still. Yeah, the the Bucks are great too. It's again, I just yeah, they're yeah, certainly, you know, that's going to be there. But it's 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 so impressive right now, especially you know just the last few games. It's uh, just the way the offense has been clicking. It's just a, you know. A, that's why I came home jacked up. I was like, this team's on another freaking planet right now. It just, I mean, and you're there and you're in person. It's just, rela- they're just relentless on offense. They just keep coming and the ball movement is so great and people cutting and the passing and it's just whipping around in just ways that it just wasn't before. It's, it's really, it's just such a far cry from what we saw from this team offensively last year. It's incredible. That's where I'm at. Bobby, you got something to tell us, my man? Not that I know of. No, I thought I thought Guy reached out to you about something. I thought we had a special promo tonight. Maybe we'll have to, there's a show tomorrow. We can put it out there tomorrow. Ah, I feel like tonight was important, but that's I know okay. it's a good tease. What happened? Oh, is that are we are we teasing the pod, Josue? Is that what it what is? Pod. Oh no, I don't know what he wanted. Oh to no, do. no, no, not that. that uh, this is All something right. with you and. I mean, we'll put that out there, right? Me and me and um, me, Max and Joe Sway did a live Cedric Maxwell podcast last night. That should be out tomorrow, as far as I know. Good conversation. So that's not that's not live if it's not out yet. That's not what live means. In person, is okay. that the phrase? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a no, while. it's yeah. awesome. They shot it. They shot it on location at our East Boston studios. Uh, it's super cool. Uh, that will be out. Uh, Cedric Maxwell podcast, in addition to some other fun segments that those guys did. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if that was necessarily the promo uh, for tonight. Yeah, uh, we Bobby, did some social stuff too. But Bobby, yeah, I'll I give don't... you, I'll give you the cornet props tonight. I, I he did a lot of good things. Uh, you know, this was his best game of the year. Yeah, I was stunned by – I think you were coming in when I was talking about him looking to score. I thought he was sort of going to have the Simmons thing I loved going it. on where, like, he was always just looking away from the basket and never going in there. But he went – he put the shoulder right in the Jordan and went right over him a couple of times. And then what was that reverse putback he threw down? Awesome. The, the, the dunk over his head. Unreal. 
Hey, victory lap here. Is anyone here ready for an apology cam yet? That's not how they work. See, Bobby, <laughs> you ruined the moment. You ruined the moment. We were in the chat were asking. I if didn't we ask have one on, not one yet. off, one off, then what? Then what? If, if he goes out and plays like a dog next game, you're going to apologize? It doesn't work that way. You got to let it breathe, buddy. We had such a great moment. Yeah. This was such a great moment. We were feeling the Lukey love. And you ruined it, Bob. People are you too quick to call for the apology cam, okay? You got to wait. He was great. He was great. He was terrific tonight. Hey, was he going to start tomorrow? Tonight. Oh, in the back-to-back, good question. I, they haven't played Horford yet on one of those. I can't imagine they're going to tomorrow. They keep saying they're going to, and then they don't. So, yeah, I think Cornette would start. Unless Grant does with White. Oh, what do you think of that change, by the way? That was interesting. Like Last it. three games, Grant comes like in it. for White. I, I like it, and I think it's necessary now with Brogdon out too um, yep. to, to do that. But again, it forces Cornette in you know, to the rotation, which is fine, and, and that's just what you have to do. He's the next man up there. I just – I'm always worried that, you know, he turns into a pumpkin or he just runs into that matchup where he's just really physically overwhelmed. In this matchup, you don't really – when you're playing your minutes, when you come in and your minutes are against DeAndre Jordan, yeah, athletically Jordan's going to do a thing or two occasionally, and he caught a couple of lobs there on the pick and roll. You know, that's what he does. He can still jump. Uh, but he's pretty friggin' useless, and he's not really an offensive threat. So you just don't have to worry as much. You're not going to get beat up by a guy like Jordan. And, and you know, uh, you know, Denver, despite their size, doesn't really have a true, true, true center that's going to eat right. him up. So again, I, I think it's a good matchup for him. I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, take anything away. But there are going to be some nights where it's just he's really going to get beat up physically, just you know, because because of who he is and. You know, we're going to be like, Ugh. so again, I always think it's you pick and choose your spots and there's moments where he can be useful and he can contribute. But you got to manage those minutes carefully, make sure that uh, that it works. So, again, who do they have tomorrow? Detroit. Detroit. And then Detroit. Oklahoma Detroit. City Detroit. on Basketball. Monday. Again? Yeah, I know. Again, a little getting a little softer stretch here, these next two. And then you get Atlanta and New Orleans later in the week. So those would be some mm-hmm. good tests. Yeah. No, this is a good stretch here um, for them. I am curious what happens whether uh, Cornette starts or not, because that'll be interesting again. Detroit just looks bad. I know, but you're just going to be down. I mean, you're going to be down Brogdon, possibly Al, and and, uh, obviously not having Rob. That's a tough one. I don't care who you're playing. You're just asking a lot on a back-to-back going on the road here. So uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. And the Pistons are going to try to outmuscle you, right? They're going to chase the offensive rebounds. They're going to play big. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple teams have tried to do that to the Celtics, Orlando, Chicago. Al's got... minutes tonight, again, 35 minutes. Would have been nice if you could have gotten that down. I, I don't yeah, no. I don't see him playing tomorrow. No, no way. I don't think they're going to play him on back-to-backs this year. I think that's just no. their approach. Even they'll keep lying to us and saying that it's not a thing that they're doing, and then he'll never play a single back-to-back. Right. Like, oh, no, 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 He wakes no, up the not. next day. He wakes up yeah. the next day sore. Yeah. So so do I. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sore from this. Hey, I will say, um, and, you know, we wrote about this last Saturday. I, I just have a gut feeling and seeing him on the bench now, right, um, you know, him doing everything in practice. I, I have a feeling Rob's going to be back really soon. 
Um, I don't think they're going to rush just it. Just from but, watching him celebrate? Well, no, just I've been mean, talking to him last Saturday, hearing about the things he's doing in practice. Seems like guys are excited about it. I'm not saying he's going to be back next week, but what were we thinking? Christmas, New Year's? Maybe it's a little sooner than that, like early I, December. Uh, my- one of my favorite moments was he just exploded off the bench after that after that uh, uh, Pritchard steal from Jordan under the basket uh, and a timeout. Frob just came friggin' flying off the bench there. He was geeked up. Um, but yeah, I mean he's out there. He's working out. You know he's you know I, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that usually a thing? Guys a little closer to the team that tra- it's just traveling with them. Like that usually means you're getting a little bit closer, doesn't it? A little bit. A little bit. In theory. Yeah. We will see. Uh lights out, lights out all around for, for everybody tonight. Brown was unbelievable with I mean one of his most efficient games of the year, the way he shot the ball. Horford was unbelievable as well. Um you know, Horford's forty seven percent from three this year. That's the thing is, again, you're looking at 50-plus for Grant and uh, Hauser. I don't know how those percentages are affected uh, after tonight's games. And you have Horford in the 40s, Derek White in the 40s. That's the difference right now is whether or not those guys are – you know, hot will come back down to earth or the offense is just creating the types of looks that are just more likely to be knocked down. I think Derek White certainly made some adjustments. Hauser, I think, is automatic. We've seen the way Grant shoots the ball, um, you know, but Horford and White both ticking up this year is something you want to see. I mean, are they going to stay in the 40s all year long? I don't know. That would be something. I mean, they're, they're, again, you do expect at some point it's going to That's gonna the thing, right? Around. It's going to, yeah, what's that going to look like? Because they're so reliant on it. I mean, that's something we've all been like, like we just don't. A little, don't like but it, right? they're taking a lot of threes, but they're getting so many more possessions per game. And again, they shot, you know, they shot under their average tonight. You know, they're averaging more than 43s. They shot 37 tonight. So again, they're getting so many good looks around. If they we're getting nothing around the rim and all their scoring came from threes. I'd be like, that's a problem, but it's not. They're scoring so well from the interior as well. And they're finishing at a much better clip than they were before. They're just an efficient offense. And then when they get those looks, they're knocking them down. But I don't think they have to do just that. It's just some possessions. That's the best shot that they end up with, and that's what they end up taking. But we're seeing them getting, being aggressive and attacking and trying to get to the basket with regularity right now. So I'm just not worried that the only way that they can score are three pointers. I think if they were ice cold one game, they'll find other ways uh, because they've shown that they can right now. Nothing yeah, worries me, Bobby. I don't know what you're so worried about. You're such a worrier. Because okay, I'm just. I- no, I'm I know. Just, I'm just I, kidding. I know the level, like the level that they have to get at to win a champion. Like nothing, nothing short of that's going to be um, going to be a, a good season, right? Like it's it's title or bust this year, just considering what they have. And you know, if guys get hurt or whatever, you readjust You're, your expectations. But this team's healthy, like you said, they're the, the bar none favorite. So they got they got like, really they have to really show that level. Before we wrap, again, we want to tell you guys about another one of our sponsors, Calm. You should know about Calm by now, uh, but if you don't, it's a number one uh, wellness app out there that you can uh, you know, get for yourself. 
Um, it's uh, got terrific music, uh, sleep stories, nature sounds, different things that kind of help you relax, get your mind and body right, get you to sleep at night. Um, if you go to calm.com slash garden, you receive 40% off. It's a legitimately great deal uh, for their premium subscription. That's their entire catalog, which they update constantly. Um, so again, we really urge you if you are interested in this kind of thing, uh, or if you haven't tried it, you're a little hesitant, you want to look it up, go check this out. It's actually really cool. And again, everybody here at the Garden Report has this on their phone right now. We've got the Calm app, calm.com slash garden. I use it nightly. Um, I swear by it. I love it. Jimmy Toscano, little bedtime stories for Jimmy every night. He loves them. He loves them. Uh, 40% that's actually off. where he is now. 40% God, Jimmy's hit the sack a long time ago with his with his calm. Uh 40% off a calm premium subscription. So make sure you get that. Guys, closing thoughts. Good win. On to Detroit. Let's get it. Yeah. Yeah, I can I love those matchups. I'm excited for tomorrow. I think Detroit will bring it again. It'll be a pretty good game. Offense, offense, offense. Offense is better than defense. That's it. That's all I have you to say. Both. You, you can't, you can't. Fix. Hey, this offense. is a good defensive. This is a good a defensive. Bad offensive team stays a bad offensive team. Teams can change their defensive intensity. I'm not worried about this team defensively in the least. I'm not at all. The offense is what matters. You 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 have it or you don't. You're not all of a sudden going to find it. And the fact that they have it and they have it clicking this early is unreal. I, they, there might be another level they could take it from there, Bobby. Again, we're talking maybe the shots don't fall with the same regularity, but the way that they operate and the way that this offense runs, the more that they run it and the more comfortable they get is great. And plus, again, defense has picked up. I actually thought the defense played pretty well tonight. It was fairly aggressive. Um I, I'm not worried about the defense at all. Uh, I, I love. I'm I not love either. The by this, the way, I love yeah. the way this team is playing I, offensively. I know Joe Sway mentioned Malone's comments pregame. He was talking about the Celtics, and he said, "You see the numbers with the Celtics. They're they're just going to get better defensively as the year goes on." He was he was pretty impressed with Boston's defense coming in, even though the numbers were bad. Yeah, we do have Joe Sway too. Maybe we'll get a, a last thought from him. Uh, I like the, it. Is he was he hanging out there? Yeah. He, oh, there he is. Joe Sway, you can close it. You can take us home. All right. I'm not saying I'm worried about the defense, but it does have to get I'm better. I'm saying I'm worried about the defense. Win, they're going to win a championship, no? I think so. Yeah. It'll get better. You'll be the first I'm not worried, to though. say the team needs to be better on defense. Like, I don't care second, about defense. Guys, loss. I've been saying this all along. The very next say, loss, you'll say that. I, I can, John wants I, them to globetrotter their way to a title. I no, I can do I can do two things, okay? There's more nuance to this than that. I can say they played bad defense, but also not be concerned about the defense. And that's where I am. I can recognize that they've played some crap defense throughout the course of this year at certain times but also say I'm not at all worried about it. I'm really not. And I'm not saying they can just run and gun and play no defense. I'm just not worried that when they want to play defense and, 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 and turn it up that they will and they can. And I can say you see it for spurts and they did it tonight where they're just buzzing all over the place and Denver's trying to find a way to crack it and they can't. It was reminiscent of some of the stuff that mm. they were doing last year. You could see it felt like Denver's possessions were taking longer than the Celtics' possessions. They were just trying to figure out what's my point of attack. You know, I felt like the Celtics were aggressive. I think some of the physicality, you know, and some of the chippiness in this game actually upped their defensive intensity a little bit. I think the way Jokic went at Grant right in the beginning, he's like, screw this friggin' Batman Joker character. And he just started hitting. <laughs> 
hitting them and going at them. I think that kind of set the tone that they were like, oh, okay, so that's what we're going to do. And they, right. <laughs> they got into it, and I like that. And I think that's yeah. there when they want it. Hey, last thing, what was that Gordon? I still don't really know what happened there. Just decked Dude, right out of nowhere. He, he bought a call. The, the refs – it, the refs had no choice but to call it, but they knew it was bullshit. And I and I and 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 I think they were thrilled he missed both free throws. And then Grant got called on the biggest bullshit foul on the next possession going the other way because the refs were like, "Yeah, bang right back at you." you we know, owe him. Right. We owe you. Like, fine, right. we had to call that, but it was garbage. And then they tagged him with a real cheapy the next time down. So. I mean, when you look at the tape, yeah, Gordon runs into him and friggin' knocks him over, but it was so such garbage. Well Just done Grant. by Grant to play it off. Well he, done. That, he flopped yeah. his ass off. Yeah. Well done. He's proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> You're proud of that. He's like, it's almost it's almost like what Marcus well, Marcus is still that guy. He still does it from time to time. But remember, like a few years ago, when it was like every other week, it was the the flopping here and there. And oh, Marcus, the worst one was like that crazy. game against Atlanta with Kyle Korver. That was the worst one ever. Oh, can man, you believe we we've back. got two of these guys now? Teams right, but must at least, hate them. Oh my god! At least Grant with Grant, he's been a little less obvious. I think he's been taking notes. Like he's like, like oh I'm no, I think like, Grant's nuggets, even worse. Yeah, the Nuggets, the Nuggets weren't it's happy, worse. John. You could tell they were like, they were like, come on. Even after it, when they gave it to him, Murray's like. Yeah, but you know it was bullshit, right? You they know talking, right, right. And Grant's trying to talk to him. Like, no, 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 no. It was He's like, yeah, it was bullshit, though. You know, like, it was like, you know, Grant's still, like, pleading yeah. his case. Just, because Grant. Just walk he, away. He, he wants to convince referees that he's not lying all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, <laughs> well done. Well done. Don't ruin this for me. I'm trying to build some it. trust here. I love yeah. it. Tatum's behavior has been much better, even though he's gotten some shitty, uh, some some a couple of texts gone his way i think he's 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 repairing his reputation with the refs i think grant might be the most hated guy in the league but you know maybe behind draymond as far as the refs are concerned they, they don't yeah, like his act, they don't like his act at all right but winning helps and obviously he's scoring 30 plus night after night for, for, speaking about and Tatum, smart's right? not and smart's not getting those flops he's got to just stop flopping he's got to stop flopping on the charges he's not getting them the the, the word is out he's got to stop yeah that's true He'll get yeah. one for he'll get one out of like seven or eight of them. It's just not worth doing it because you basically are giving up on the play every time you try. He he should stop. Well, Tatum's also getting trips to the free throw line, right? And it's not just him. Tatum's been great. Yeah, he's not like acting. You know, he's drawing fouls, legitimate fouls. So he's going stronger. It's hard to complain throughout the entire night when you've gone through the line, you know, fifteen times, or the other night when in New York over twenty. His approach is different. He's going stronger. I mean, he's finishing creatively too, but he's just going stronger to the rim. Before, I felt like a lot of times he's just trying not to get blocked, but by doing that, he was also not drawing enough contact. Sometimes you just have to play through it, um, and he is more, and he's clearly getting fouled. I don't think he's getting more favorable calls this year. I do think he just he's a little too cute sometimes and just was trying to avoid contact, and he wasn't getting hit. Now he's getting hit and he's getting to the line and he's just going with more regularity. So it, it, it's been great. Um, I think we wrap it guys. We got another one tomorrow. Uh, I don't expect the full house, but at least I will be here. Bobby will be here uh, and we'll see who else. Uh, Jimmy Toscano again in his contract weekends off, at least to start the year. <laughs> Jimmy's like that guy. Jimmy's like that NFL veteran who skips training camp. He's going to have to pay <laughs> us back. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't show up until like until like five days until before. It matters. Before week yeah. One. yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So, but hard hat Jimmy will be back soon. Uh, and we are going to wrap it. But again, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, I'm sorry I was late. Bobby, you started the show. Why don't you close the show? That's it. Good night. See you tomorrow. That's not, <laughs> is that, all right, it's good enough. I'll press That's such the, a I'll, Bobby way to do it. <laughs> that's it. Good night. Someone else do it. Sherrod, you close the show. All right. Uh, geez. They're going to Detroit, Sherrod. They go to Detroit. I will not be going to Detroit, but again, it is my spot. But it, it, and hopefully, it'll be the the Celtics spot tomorrow night. Another opportunity to build off of a lot of good things here. Uh, there are going to be some missing pieces there, but just like the Garden Report, we make do when we have missing pieces. We get it done. Let's see if the Celtics can do the same. John Zanis, oh. Bobby Manning, Joe Sway, Pavone, Sherrod Blakely. Sure. We are. Ouch! I like it. <laughs> Done. <laughs>